0: This is a crowd podcast. Remember that night out? The road trip? That kiss? Flicking through the music channels looking for the video? Those hooks in the chorus? Those dance moves? Those lyrics that spoke to you? That's what TLC gave you. Crazy Sexy Call, the big album. The three of them in three words. Tion T-Boz Watkins, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, and Rosonda Chilli Thomas. All about the chemistry. T-Boz bringing the funk, Left Eye bringing the hip-hop, and Chilli bringing R&B. Blending their styles, making magic. They took the world on together, then they fell apart, and found their way back, but always together. You can't talk about one of them without talking about all three. It's impossible. But there's always a point to every triangle. One piece at the centre. In TLC? That's Lisa Left Eye Lopez. It's about her creativity, her contradictions and the way she could start fires. Yeah, actual fires. It's about the battles between Left Eye and anyone who challenged her. The answers she demands from people in high places. The awkward truths she throws into rooms full of reporters. The rules she breaks. And there's a bigger battle underneath it all. The one between Lisa and Left Eye. She's a Gemini. She's the two sides of herself like they're separate people. People who fight. The poet against the rock star. Health fanatic against alcoholic. The lover taking on the warrior, fixated on revenge. And how does all this fit together? Even in her last days, she's trying to work it out herself. Who is Lisa Lopez without Left Eye? And how, caught up in all that drama, the award ceremonies, the dance moves and the rehab, how did these three women start a decade as teenagers and end it as America's biggest ever Female group. Because that's what happens. How they change pop music. Forever. I now present to you the great leader who has been in jail for 27 years. It's the beginning of a new decade, the 90s. But in Atlanta, Georgia, it's the start of something else too. L.A. Reid's a record producer, and he started a new label. He's about to discover Outcast and Usher. The label's backed by Clive Davis, one of the biggest names in the music industry. We'll talk about these men later. For now, it's about a woman, Crystal Jones. She wants to start a group with two other females. Edgy. Strong. Crystal finds Tion Watkins, all the right people around Atlanta know Tion. She dances with the boys at the roller rink, never slow dancing. And there's Lisa Lopez, a rapper who's been in Atlanta a couple of years. She arrived with $750, a keyboard, and a dream of being on stage. She's been calling herself left eye since a guy in a band complimented her for the slant of her left eye. Here's what she looks like. Tiny, really big eyes. A black line painted under her left eye, like a kid playing American football. Straight fringe, when she's playing it normal. She delivers her lyrics like she means them, confident, no messing, but fun too. She can play all sorts on the keyboard, classical music too. Lisa reckons she's been picking out tunes since she was four years old. She's grown up with music. Her dad was in the army band and played everything, saxophone, harmonica, piano, so Crystal's found exactly what she's looking for. She's also heard about a girl called Pebbles. Pebbles is a singer married to L.A. Reed, that music producer with the label, and she's starting her own management company. She's looking for a group. So one day, the group are rehearsing at Crystal's house, and the next, they're auditioning for Pebbles. She likes them. She also sees their initials spelled TLC. So that's the band name. So far, so good, except something doesn't fit with Crystal. She started the band, but she's holding back. Pebbles makes it very clear to Tion and Lisa, the band will get signed, but only if they sack Crystal themselves. Lisa has that dream of being on stage, so she tells Crystal in her own living room She has some good news and some bad news. Good news is, Pebbles wants to sign the band. The bad news, Crystal won't be included. How are you feeling about that if you're Crystal? Thing is, if this conversation doesn't happen, there's no TLC. It doesn't take long to replace the C in TLC with Rosonda. That's not going to work. So Lisa and Tion rename her Chilli. Easy. (laughs) They sign that deal and go straight into the studio. They laugh, they run, they have food fights, all that raw energy caught on the album and Lisa's sound and lyrics all over it. It's all them. Their style, their dance routines, their voices, Teon sings down low, mixed with Chilli's R&B hooks and Lisa's hip-hop flow. They make the video for Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Lisa confronts the world as she announces her bandmates. She's wearing glasses with a condom over one of the lenses. They're wearing baggy trousers and oversized t-shirts, and the song's all about female pleasure. The early 90s is confused for some, but that works. Soon they're opening for MC Hammer when he's a big star. The baggy pants, the running moves. Their first proper gig is in front of 16,000 people. New fans turn up early to see them, to shout their name. Lisa and her bandmates go wild backstage, running up and down hotel corridors with their asses hanging out. They prank the people who are supposed to be looking after them. They throw a bucket of water over a hotel guest who's annoying them. They might have got away with it, but someone goes back and scratches a left eye symbol into his door. Getting it now? Left eye doesn't always know where the line is. And when she does, she's just fine jumping over it. TLC's dreams are coming true. But something's not right with Pebbles. It's a control thing. It's the money. TLC aren't just making dollars from touring. They're selling records. Millions of them. But they're not getting paid much. And Pebbles docks them more if she thinks they're not behaving, which, let's face it, is a lot. Tough love, maybe? When the album goes platinum, Pebbles does get them a present. A car each, still. Lisa's not sure it's all adding up. She's been talking to other musicians on the tour, decides that TLC need to take back control. So, they ask Pebbles to show them their contract. When they eventually get it, they realize the money's being shared between Pebbles, Pebbles' company, L.A. Reid's label, and Clive Davis's label. Sticking all the additional expenses, then TLC share whatever's left. Those additional expenses. That includes money for lawyers, accountants, and also those cars Pebbles had given them. They go to Pebbles' husband, L.A. Reed. Lisa tells them straight, we want out. He nods, smiles, then reminds them Pebbles still owns the TLC name. And so they do a deal with Pebbles. They talk about paying $1 million for each letter of TLC. Freedom. Well, sort of. They're still signed to their label, and Pebbles still gets a share. But it's a smaller share. Now, Lisa's met someone. He's a big-name American footballer. A guy called Andre Rison plays for the Atlanta Falcons. They meet in a club and just click. She decides to go over to his big, beautiful house. It's empty. Lisa asks why. Andre says he's been waiting for her to furnish it. She never really leaves after that. They're in love. And it's all romance. Well, not all of it. See, Andre's possessive. Lisa feels she needs to ask for permission before she does things. He's cheated too. When you find a stranger in stockings in the guest room wardrobe, it's never good. And in the summer of 94, things get really bad. Andre is out more and more, later and later. As a revenge move, Left Eye gets all dressed up. She goes out all night with her girlfriends. And when she gets back at 5am, ready to show him how bad it feels to be the one waiting. He hasn't even got home yet. When he pulls onto the drive, she's so angry, she slaps him. They go into the bedroom. She has blackouts. When she wakes up, she goes to the bathroom, grabs some red lipstick and writes Andre a letter with it all over his bathroom walls. She finds a pile of new tennis shoes in the wardrobe. Why are none of them for her? She takes the shoes, puts them into the bathtub, drowns them in lighter fluid, and... Wait. Before we set the fuel on fire, there's some things you need to know about Lisa Lopez. Not that there's ever any excuse for starting a fire, but number one, Left Eye's been here before. Last time, it was a bath full of flaming teddy bears. The fire hadn't spread. It just stayed in the tub. The tub didn't fare too well though. It needed replacing. The new one was made of plexiglass. Plexiglass melts with enough heat. Number two, she's drunk. She'd been drunk a lot in her life. It's a problem. Her dad, the guy from the army band, was an alcoholic. He ran a strict household, like he was still in the army, except he'd given Lisa her first drink when she was 15 and encouraged her to get drunk a lot. He'd say, look at her goal, like he was proud of how much this child could put away. Number three, that night between all the blackouts, Lisa remembers fighting with Andre. Physically fighting. The five foot rapper and the big muscled athlete. When she'd got to the bathroom, before she wrote with the lipstick, she'd seen her mouth in the mirror. All bruised and swollen. It's not the first time they fought like this. And her dad did it too. So now, standing over his bath full of tennis shoes, left eye sets them on fire. The flames jump up, melt away the words written in lipstick. The big, beautiful house is on fire. The hangover arrives. Lisa hands herself over to the police. She's charged with arson, sentenced to five years of probation. She has to pay a $10,000 fine. She goes to a diversion centre. Rehab to you and me. TLC are supposed to be recording their second album. Tion and Chilli are in the studio. Lisa's at the diversion centre. How can she be creative with all this discipline? It reminds her of being a kid. Her dad's on her mind. He died when TLC were just getting started. Shot dead by his own cousin. They were drunk. Trouble everywhere you look. And so Lisa's allowed to leave rehab to record for a few hours at a time. On her way to the studio one day, she's looking out of the car window. Out of nowhere, she sees a rainbow. Like it's there to bring peace just for her. As a tribute, Lisa raps about that rainbow on a song they're laying down called Waterfalls. It's her sound, but it's coming from somewhere new, somewhere calm. There's no confrontation. And that song, it'll go huge. Everyone knows it. That night out, that road trip, that kiss, flicking through the music channels, looking for the video. In some ways, the fire's helped. Everyone in America's heard of TLC now. But it's something else that brings the band to the world. All those hooks, dance moves, lyrics that speak to you. It's the video for Waterfalls. Three women in the middle of the ocean, abs out, singing about the drugs trade and dying of AIDS. Even if you don't know what the song's about, You can't ignore it. The album makes history too. Crazy, sexy, cool. The three of them in three words. And at the Grammys in 96, the group win two big awards. But that's not the end of their night. The money stuff's still not adding up. Okay, we're straight. We're going to talk. Holding a Grammy in each hand, T-Bars, Left Eye, and Chili tell it straight to a press conference. We're broke. broke can be. Here's what Left Eye says. Trust me, you can sell 10 million albums and be broke if you have greedy people behind you. She knows the people she's talking about are in the room. The year before, Left Eye had a plan. When TLC were in New York, she'd gathered some of her new friends from the Diversion Center. Friends with guns. Leaving their limo as the getaway car outside, the women marched into Clive Davis's office. Clive's a big deal. He's in a meeting with Puff Daddy. TLC don't care. They ask their question. Where's the money? No guns got fired, but Clive had no proper answer for them. Luckily, their lawyer had a backup plan. A lot less exciting, the Left Eyes plan, but a lot less illegal, too. Each member of this massive band filed for bankruptcy. Despite the whole fire thing, Lisa was still on and off with Andre, and so he'd lent them the money to file the papers. The label thinks they're just doing it so they can renegotiate their contracts. And that's exactly what they do, but the battleground is shifting. The next album's called Fan Mail. It's big, especially the lead single No Scrubs. All over the world, teenagers watch the video and copy the moves, shaking their heads, wagging their fingers, rejecting scrubs everywhere. But the noise around Fan Mail isn't just about how good the music is. Left Eye is getting twitchy. Yeah, she was less involved in Crazy Sexy Cool, but she'd been in rehab. On this album, she's not even singing backing vocals on some of the tracks. It's like she's becoming a featured artist in her own group. Her rap in No Scrubs isn't on the album, just a single. She's writing songs, but they're being rejected by the label. It's out of her control, so Left Eye takes over. A week before the band are due to do a big interview, she calls ahead to say she can't stand behind the new album. The music doesn't represent her. She's not turning up to recording sessions, photo shoots. And all this suits the new boyfriend she's got. A new boyfriend who's always there, coming to band meetings, even sacking the sound guy. T-Boz and Chilli are losing patience, they don't like this man, and they hate how Left Eye is going to the press without speaking to them first. And so, it heats up again. TLC are due on MTV. Half an hour before they go live, Left Eye calls a meeting. She threatens to announce on live TV that she's not going on the TLC tour. T-Buzz snaps. Lisa agrees to stay behind at the hotel. T-Boz and Chilli go on the show without her. They smile. Next, Left Eye leaves halfway through an interview with Entertainment Weekly. This time, it's T-Boz and Chilli who are left behind. They don't smile, not this time. Instead, they say, yeah, Left Eye's been absent, unreliable, and she's forever threatening to quit. Left Eye's response? She speaks to the same magazine. She sets a challenge. Chilli, T-Boz, and Left Eye all have to make solo albums and compete against each other in the charts. The winner gets a cash prize from the label. Told you it was getting hot. Left Eye says something else too. Says she's the real creative force behind TLC. How do you reckon the others feel about that? Because this is about all of them, their style, their dance routines, their voices, together. So no, They don't take Left Eye up on her challenge. They just go on tour, and it gets worse. Left Eye is not talking to the others. She's writing them letters, getting her assistant to deliver them. There's one hope. When the new boyfriend's off the scene, it all begins to mellow. Things aren't the same, but the band's committed to putting on a show for the fans. A few of them even stop wondering if TLC are breaking up. For now. It's August 2000, and everything's calm. Until Left Eye just doesn't turn up for a press conference. Everyone's worried. It makes international news. She's been treated as a missing person. She's actually driven all the way to Central America. She thinks it's funny. Left Eye doesn't always know where the line is, remember? She just jumps over it, says afterwards, I never realized how upset everyone would be. So she turns up at an award ceremony to show she's safe. And then she retreats. Where? Honduras, Central America. Why? This is where Lisa goes to avoid left eye leave all the drama behind. She can be Lisa Lopez in Honduras, explore her spirituality and interest in numerology. She can fast. Still not normal, whatever that may be, but Lisa, at least. Right. The solo album. The challenge. She writes the songs, designs the artwork. She calls it Supernova. The first single's called The Block Party, doesn't make the top five in the UK or even the top ten. This isn't what she's been used to with TLC. The single doesn't do well in the US either, so her label decides the album won't be released in North America at all. It's all she's been waiting for, and none of it is working out. That summer, Lisa performs with TLC at MTV's 20th anniversary party. A few of the wounds have healed over for now. So with a world peace slogan on her skirt, she dances with her bandmates. It'll be the last time. Lisa's still gutted her debut album's been dropped, but she has music to make. She has a new label. She's collaborating with David Bowie, another artist with a famous left eye. It's March 2002, and Lisa heads to Honduras again, She brings along her brother and sister, a group she's been mentoring, and a camera crew. This trip's different. She makes a documentary to talk about everything. It's her chance to share the real Lisa with the world, not just Left Eye. Her strict upbringing, her struggles with alcohol, the fact she really didn't mean to burn down that big, beautiful house but also to share bits of her story that people don't really know about. The bit where she'd invested time and money in the community in Honduras. The bit where she'd adopted two children. The bit where, being in rehab and still in love with Andre, she'd scrawled the word love into her left arm with a razor. And later, angry, she scrawled the word hate over the top of it. When she'd been there for her bandmate Tion because T-Boz has sickle cell anemia, Lisa's been to see her just before this trip. They call this film The Last Days of Left Eye. Along with all the stories, Lisa talks about her spirituality and her vivid dreams. She feels like a spirit is chasing her. The documentary shows the aftermath of a car accident. Her assistant had been driving. A young boy runs into the road. It's too late to avoid him. Lisa waits at the hospital, pays his hospital expenses. When he doesn't pull through, she pays for his funeral too. Everything changes after that. The boy's last name is Lopez too. Lisa believes the spirit has mistakenly taken him instead of her. It's two weeks since the accident. The 25th of April, 2002. Lisa is 30 years old. She gets up, has a shower. As the camera zooms in on her left eye, the sun is shining. She announces today's destination, Sambo Creek. It's a village on the northern coast. She wants to get some shots for the film. Lisa's assistant checks if she needs the van. Lisa yells back, no, we need the red car. They fill that red car up with seven passengers. Lisa's sister, her brother, some of the band she's mentoring. The cameraman sits in the passenger seat. He's filming as Lisa drives. Seatbelt on. She holds up a red tin to the camera, Coke logo on it, then passes it to the back seat. Out of nowhere, Lisa sees something. She swerves, she screams. The camera cuts out. The next image you see? A photograph of the red car, upside down. A wreck on the side of the road. What do you hear? Lisa hit her head. She fractured her skull. She was dead before the car stopped rolling. The next day, the world begins to mourn. The music industry sharing stories of Lisa's creativity, her big heart, the wild moments. Thousands come to her funeral in Georgia, her family and the music. Usher, Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, Pebbles. The words from the rap about the rainbow are carved into her casket. Here's what they say. Dreams are hopeless aspirations. In hopes of coming true, believe in yourself. The rest is up to me and you. So now we know, Left Eye didn't always know where the line was, maybe if she had, TLC would never have got started, never got to the top, never got to you, never inspired all those other women, the shaking heads and wagging fingers, a new generation of feminists, fans like Beyonce and Lady Gaga, and one final word about Crazy Sexy Cool, the big album, Lisa named it like she named all the others. When it came out, a lot of people thought each member of TLC was represented with a word, T-Boz being cool, Chilli being sexy, and well, you know, what's left for Lisa. That works, but here's something else too, something Lisa knows that matters to her. Crazy Sexy Cool is about every woman having these edges all the time, in different measures. It's a celebration of contradictions. And nobody owned their contradictions like Lisa Left Eye Lopez, from the beginning to the end. That was the story of Lisa Left Eye Lopez, if you've been affected by any of the issues we spoke about or are worried about someone you love, please go to crowdnetwork.co.uk forward slash helplines to find a list of people you can go to for help. This episode was written by Emma Hickman and performed by me, Elroy Spoonface Powell, Spoon the voice guy. Our editor was Phil Brown. For research, we read A Sick Life by Lisa's bandmate, T Tebos Watkins. And of course we watched that VH1 documentary The Last Days of Left Eye as well as research in the archives of Vibe magazine, Entertainment Weekly, The LA Times and MTV. The music we used is from our partner's BMG production music but if you want some of Left Eye's best bits, it has to be Ain't Too Proud to Beg for that raw energy that started it all, The Block Party, her debut solo track and of course that rap about the rainbow in waterfalls. If you want another podcast to listen to, try our episode about Whitney Houston. And if you've heard that one, check out the story of Prince. Thanks for listening. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Revenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.